I guess. Hey. Yes. Hey, what's KBN, going on, man? KBN Radio is live in here. Uh, what do y'all think? Can y'all hear me okay? Can what kind of good? music was that? I don't know. It was uh, I mixed Michael it up Myers. before it came on. I mixed it up myself. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for Steve-O <laughs> to drop, so, drop some bars. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for a little, little freestyle from Uncle Steve. <laughs> hey, uh, Rubs is red. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys uh, doing this. We're trying a little experiment tonight. My, my partner, Ryan, is, is I think he kind of questioned my judgment trying to pull this off, but we'll see. We'll see so what I'm we can do. As long as we don't... Huh? I'm still questioning it. Still questioning it? Well, that's all right. We got a few people jumping in here already, so hopefully we can get a few phone calls in. But, uh, you know, there's a lot going on out there right now with, with you know, in the world, way beyond kayak fishing with all the, the pandemic situation, but it definitely has affected our kayak fishing. So we've got A.J. McCord around here with us and Steve Owens from, you know, both the, the Big Time Kayak Series out there right now to ask, you know, answer some questions uh, that you may call in and ask. And then Ryan and I probably have a few for him as well about uh, any upcoming delays with the schedule and how they feel about the season so far. So, fellas, thank you. Thanks for thank having us. Yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know who wants to go first, but, you know, A.J., this is year two for Herbie BOS. Started off strong, you know, you kind of were ramping up momentum and then kind of hit the, hit the brakes here with this whole pandemic, but you kind of had a natural break coming up anyway. Uh, what do you think so far of how, of how 2020's gone? Man, 2020 has been uh, awesome. Uh, you know, we've had three great events. All three of our, our events have been larger than any single event that we had last year. Um, it's just the support's been great. The um the fishing has been you know challenging but rewarding um and and then even like at norman you know a lot of people didn't expect the fishing to to do so well and it just showed out you know over 1200 fish so you know we've had three great events we've you know we haven't had to cancel anything yet um you know we had this built-in two-month break you know for people watching kayak fishing that like the over the last few years the mid-march through like mid-may is kind of like the just the rush of series you know all the local clubs get started the nc's normally that time of year um you know there's all these things going on so we really wanted to kind of let people still go enjoy the other things that they do normally um and kind of had this break and my work allowed that so um you know we're, we're just kind of keeping our eye on uh erie uh right now the uh the community up there, Erie Sports Commission, they've been very great. I get an email or two from them a week. We're kind of keeping our eye on everything. And, um, you know, as of right now, uh, you know, we'll just see how it goes. Just watching the curve, huh? See where, see where the numbers yeah. are. Yeah. Is there any, any thought about going virtual if you had to? You know, I think when you start looking at, like, your larger uh, national events, there's a lot more at stake there. Um, there's sponsors invested. There's, um, you know, there's host communities invested. There's lodging issues. There's, um, you know, feeding people. There's, you know, the things that make our event special and in, in what they are. And, and I think that this sport allows some great opportunities to be virtual. Uh, the local clubs are, are able to still operate. Um, but when you take this thing kind of on that, that next national level, it really, I think changes the dynamic a little bit. And it's definitely not something that we would really want to do. Um, but if, if it gets to that point and that's our really our only option, we'll definitely evaluate that. But I think it really takes away from the experience that is going to a Hobie BOS event. And, and to add to that, I don't think that that solves the problem either. Like, you know, even if you do the event virtual, you've still got 120 people that have, have traveled from all over the country and they're coming into this community. You got to find a place to stay. You've got to find food. Like, you know, are you bringing the virus in with you? Have you been exposed in the last 14 days? Like, I mean, to me, that's a huge risk. I just don't see the virtual aspect of it really solving the problem of kind of what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, right. That makes sense. I mean, for local, there's some local clubs doing that, but 
you know, that's easy to do with 30 or 40 people. That yeah. I mean, if there. you're not, if you're not having to go stay somewhere, if you're driving to the lake from your house, 40 minutes and taking a pack of crackers in your pocket, you're not really affecting anybody. <laughs> you can just go fish and that's it. Right. Well, uh, Steve, I mean, BASS got off to a big start. I mean, we didn't all know what to expect with that, but it, you know, started strong at, at Logan Martin and then, you know, Lake Fork was a success also. What do you, what do you think so far about how it's gone? Did it exceed your expectations or, you know, right on schedule? What do you think? I kind of feel like it's right on schedule. Um, you know, with the first event, a lot of us had expected uh, with it, you know, being, uh, I think Seminole was a month before Hobie BOS was a month before Logan Martin. So we had already gotten out and gotten to knock a little bit of the rust off. And we saw that event was huge and a lot of fun. So um, for Logan Martin, you know, uh, weather permitting, had the weather been better, I think we probably would have had 30-ish more show up. Um, right. But I was, we were all well pleased with that, you know, and we all thought around 250 for the inaugural event with a chance to get on the stage and all that. Uh, but what's been even, even better than that is just the um, – because, you know, it is new for all of us. And the reason, you know, in large part, we didn't have two-day events right out the gate was that Bass was like, you know, let us figure out how to do this with you guys first. That way, you know, if, if we need to do something on the fly, they felt like it would be they would be more comfortable doing it in a one-day event. Um, and, and so far, the notebook that we've gotten from people, of, you know, the things to tweak have all came in the right manner, um, which I don't see there's a lot we need to tweak. But uh, and then the next event – having to have scheduled it so quickly to get that time of year on um, um, Lake Fork wasn't ideal, but it worked out very well. Um, hated that it overlapped with, with everything. Uh, but in spite of that, both events did really well. I think both events would have been 60, 70 anglers more had they not overlapped, you know, which, which um, so thankfully in the future, you know, we'll be able to work better with that because uh, we'll have a lot more, um, foresight into it you know and uh, right. so but and then i'll mirror you know what aj said just you know people coming out and supporting it all it's been amazing um and i think ryan nailed it you know you've got to be a good steward with this and i had actually told some people in our community you know because you start seeing more people out and about um and that's fine you need to you need to get out and get sunshine it's not you know you're not going to catch it standing in a field playing kickball with people you know um, it's when you go into your CVS to get what you need and things like that. So be, just be good stewards with it, you know? Um, and, and if you can avoid, you know, getting into enclosed public places, that's great. And that's why I don't think, you know, the virtual thing would happen. Um, and I know, you know, all three entities, you know, in this sport would, uh, do everything they could to, uh, make an event happen, but I know they would do even more to make certain that everyone was safe. If that meant, you know, begrudgingly canceling something, I think we all would, we'd hate it, but you know, there's plenty of other time left on the calendar if we had to reschedule some things. Um, so far, like, uh, with Erie, you know, we're a good ways out. May 23rd is us. Uh, and so far, just to be honest with you, every bass boat thing in our area has gotten canceled, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't it, Ryan? Um, yep. So, and like you said, you know, it's it's easy for us with like TVKA and Real Crazy, you know, because we understand it's important for us all to do these things, you know, uh, put on events for people because it, it, it not only helps sponsors, which that just goes without saying, but it helps our, our people, you know, our brothers and sisters in this. It helps them get out. You know, and I had a guy message me earlier. He's been locked in his basement for two weeks doing insurance underwriting. And he was like, hey, are we still fishing Saturday? And I was like, you bet, you know. Uh, but you got to be steward, like you said about it. You know, get your truck, get in the water, and get out of the way. You know, don't don't sit around and, you know, do whatever. But uh, it's important to, to keep it going as much as we can, as safely as we can. And if we hit that wall where we have to, then we will. And we'll just, uh, we'll just buy things online and blow all our money or something. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody needs any help with that, just give Steve a call and <laughs> Yeah, I just I just sat and looked at three different types of sunglasses a minute ago and I'm like, man, I got like six pairs of sunglasses I don't need any more. So. <laughs> <coughs> 
Well, we got about, oh, there's a little over a dozen people in here right now. If you guys are listening to this, pop in some headphones and feel free to call in. That's why I wanted to try this, to see if we could get some call-in people and get a good podcast out. So if you're listening, please please uh, jump on there and call us. Uh, Ryan will be nice if you do call in. Oh, call yeah. Us. For sure. I've even got some sound effects. If you do a good job, I can throw some, some uh, yeah, cheering on I can't on wait to you. hear that. Throw some crow. Who knows? It'd be pretty funny. But, uh, you know, so far, either either one of y'all can take this. What Have you learned anything? I mean, this is year two for BOS, year one for Bass, but have you had anything happen that has kind of taught you, uh, you know, helped you make some decisions going forward that you can refine? Um, I, I guess for us in, in Bass, it would be um, – and this is this is on me now trying to figure out how to do it because you know and and aj's you know he's the lifeline you know every time i need something he's always there to help answer it and put perspective to it you know um and it's you know competing against one another but competing together at the same time and uh it's for the overall sports where everybody sacrifices no matter what just to make everyone's life better in kayaking but but what i've learned is um it's just, it's for me, it's how do we get, you know, more publicity for our anglers because bass has their own website and their own way of doing things. Okay. So in year one, two, and three, even they're going to, they're, they will learn as well as I'll learn what I can and can't do. But for our social media side, because, you know, Hobie and AJ and them, they do such a good job on, on, on uh, Facebook and things like that of, which is where most people find their information to get these things out and, and they, they, they have a good production of it and it goes well. And, uh, you know, I want that as well for us on the bass side, but there's also people who get paid to do that on their side. So I have to learn how to network through that and figure out how to get us tied in there. Um, I know that's not the most important thing in tournament fishing, but I also know that it is what sustains us when we're not fishing is going back and looking at these things on, on the internet so that's that's my priority right now other than the 2021 season which is to be honest with you kind of just hit a wall for now for obvious reasons but um but i've learned that number one i think is the biggest thing i think can change other than any structure stuff like maybe possibly two-day event for the championship or two-day event for all events and we'll just have to see what they're willing to put into it there um, but the rest is, uh, you know, since we've done this before, like we've all, you know, Ryan and I direct stuff. So we know what to expect. It's a different level, obviously, but, um, so far, um, any issue, the anglers have been phenomenal working through it, whether it's, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, everybody's been professional and, and, you know, we all know one another already in a large sense. So everyone's willing to help, you know, no matter what. They just, you know, let, let me have something to do and I'll do it for you if you need it. Um, so that's, that's just what I've learned so far is to, you know, to, to figure out what I can do to help us, you know, get out there more publicly. And um, the rest is just infrastructure stuff in a notebook that we've got. So. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, and you need, I think, I'll send it to you. You ain't got to call back. <laughs> I think for me, um, you know, this is going into my seventh year of directing, you know, kayak tournaments. Um, and it, it's, I mean, we've obviously had some eye opening scenarios uh, in the Hobie POS this year. And, um, you know, those things all entities were able to reevaluate their rules to continue to make the sport better. And that's one of those things that like, I don't think any of us realize how new this thing still really is compared to where it's going. And we're all sitting here trying, we all, you know, all of us here talking, but also everybody that's a part of this thing right now, even, you know, directing clubs, fishing clubs, anywhere in between, we're all part of this thing and helping it get to where it's going to go. Um, and, and so that was kind of my first big realization, uh, is dealing with that situation. And, um, you know, it was ironic because I was before the, um, before the fork event, I was talking, you know, Kevin is, a 
Kevin Nakata with Hobie's a huge asset for our um, tournament series. And we were, we often have late nights during tournaments trying to, you know, handle everything. It's really just the two of us at events. And so we were just talking and it was Friday night before the event. And I was like, man, it's crazy where this sport is now and where it's going, but it's riding on the backs of like literally plastic and fingers crossed that technology works. And, you know, and that's not a knock on any of the apps that we use because they've made our sport tremendously better, but just the service on going to some of these bodies of water and the challenge that the anglers have sometimes in having service or making sure their electronics work and things like that. So, you know, it's amazing where we've come in this short period of time, relying on plastic and tech, like a little bit of technology that, you know, thank goodness for, for Dwayne Wally and Michael Christopher helping get the technology to where we were able to help catch all of these things that maybe we weren't seeing in the past. Um, so it's just continue to make the sport better and, and, and figure out where it's going to go and, and where it's going to land. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a big part is like, we aren't the destination right now. This is kind of the journey to where we're going. And, you know, it just really changed my mindset on everything that we're doing um, right now because of that. Uh, you know, this isn't a finished product. This is a, you know, we're still trying to figure it out and uh, make it better every, every day. Hey guys, I got some exciting stuff here. We got our first caller coming in. Hang on just oh. a second. All right. Hey, welcome Tom Monahan, the first caller to KBN radio. Tom, thanks for jumping on here, man. What do you got for us? I'm calling for the decals. Ah, you got him, man. <laughs> You gotta hang. You can't hang up though. You gotta ask something. No, I, I'm kidding. I don't really care about the decal. I just figured oh, I'd call that it. Hurts my, that hurts my heart. I kayakers hey, love a good giveaway. When 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 you know you've been a member of the cesspool since the beginning, what does a decal really mean? True that. Yeah. You, you need, need a tattoo. Some toilet right? paper. <laughs> yeah, you need a lifetime tattoo. <laughs> the last thing we need in kayak fishing is more kayak fishing tattoos. <laughs> have we not proved that that doesn't work well I not yet <laughs> never, ending, never ending meme I wonder if it's a tattoo removal award for a time uh, no the, the, the question I wanted to have, or ask uh, is kind of towards AJ and then same question kind of to Steve and, and Ryan are there you know here locally in Tennessee we've got cast that governs all of the local trails right now cast is no motors hobie is also no motors do you guys either group have any idea on whether those are going to be changing down the road or yeah for so i'll go first on that i mean this is obviously a popular question and i think it's getting more and more popular as um you know companies continue to try to um allow more opportunities on the water and so you know hobie has been doing competitions for a very long time and it's all been about human propulsion um and and this was a natural fit for us and it wasn't even a i mean for we have a director's board and we kind of talk about motors and things like that and and for some of those people at the board it wasn't even a, a question and i've been trying to help them understand how many people out here either require motors or just want to see that option and so um it's it's not something that like we're ruling out ever in the future i think it goes back to my um you know my, my previous comment is we're, we're not sure where this thing will land but i, I do kind of think it's a really unique opportunity for us right now is this we're kind of the series that doesn't allow motors but we are one of the, the higher, highest paying, you know, along there with a, a, a big uh, group for BASS and, and you know, we're one of the highest paying entities throughout the season. Um, and so it's kind of a cool thing for us to say, well, we don't allow motors, um, but we still pay out X amount. We still have this really um, special level championship at the end, but we are still doing it with human propulsion on competition day and you know i know a lot of people really 
um, I've, I've had people from uh, different motors pro staff reach out and say they really like that we still do that and they show up at our events and they um, you know utilize their motor for covering water all week and they pull it off their boat come tournament day and they get out there and they fish with you know, just as good as they would without one. And, and so, um, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. I think that's still evolving, um, a lot, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously as boats change and products change, that's going to be things that, that we will always have to evaluate. I I appreciate that. I was just going to say real quick, I I appreciate that AJ. I'm one of those guys. I don't have a motor yet. And, you know, the fact that you guys are here, Steve and Ryan are here. This last weekend, I went out fishing, and two of us were pedaling, and two had motors. And it's funny because, I mean, I, I, I'm in a PA360 now, greatest boat out there right now. And all of a sudden, I had that feeling that I used to have when I was paddling and guys were in PAs. And I thought, <laughs> man, I'm at a disadvantage. And, and, you know, we probably went eight miles at, on Sunday, and it was funny because I got the latest and greatest, and I was like, you know what? I'm behind the curve here. So just wanted to get your perspective and see if it's something that, that you thought coming or, or what. You've always been ahead of the curve, Tom. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> where did you, you pick that 360 up at, Tom? Um, it was a place called the dugout. Oh, do you know of them, Steve? Shameless plug. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) And in case anybody's uh, curious, they're in Marietta, Georgia. They're not in Atlanta, Georgia. Zip code Marietta. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a fence up around that area. Uh, Apparently so. so. uh, Yeah. One of them is quarantined. The dugout is not quarantined. If you need any kayak fishing goods. You can go see yeah. Jamie. He's not under quarantine. Good, yeah. clean, virus-free kayaks. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom, you were asking about casts, and, you know, Ryan and I just dealt with this after our state championship, and it's pretty resounding. Uh, and I'll go ahead and touch on one of the main reasons why we've kind of always been against it is, you know, we live on chick, and you can just imagine a newbie getting in his kayak of whatever brand and strapping a two by four and a battery on the back and getting out in the middle of that lake and getting stranded. All right, you get a false sense of security. So that ultimately for me was why I was always try to give my vote against it. But now having said that, you know, we do vote on it every year because this is not, you know, a dictatorship by any means by any one club. But what I will say is, is since we're building Tennessee Bass Nation, there's the alternative for motors in the state Tennessee. next year. That'll be hopefully three events with a separate state championship. So, um, you know, grassroots is cast and that's what it's always been. And that's why we chose to separate the Bass Nation from cast this coming season was so that that grassroots is always left alone. It's not incorporated by any corporation, entity, or anything like that. If, if the crap ever were to hit the fan with any of these series, is cast is still exactly what it's always been, which is one of the nation's leaders, in my opinion, in, in, in state trail series things. And, and that's because it's just magically happened because we've gotten the right group of people that care more about that state of fishing. And that makes it sounds cliche-ish or whatever, but it's the truth. I mean... We've had people walk away from staff teams because they were like they wanted their influence on their local trail, and it just that's just the way it is. And um, you know, we all don't get along at all, but <laughs> but we, we all we, we all do in the end do what's best for that state championship at the end of the year. And uh, that's you know, no one team controls it. Even if you host that state championship, you have to go before the other 11, the other 10 clubs and put it out there. Hey, I'm going to host this year on Chickamauga. Is that okay? And we vote on it, you know. Uh, so anyway, the answer to your question in cash is it, we vote on it every year. It's always no. But hopefully now that can disappear because we will have Bass Nation for everyone who does have motors or, in your case, probably looking at do I want to spend X amount of dollars if I can only use it in this event? Uh, you'll have more options hopefully next year for that. So. Okay. 
And for me, I'm just I'm not with it at all. Like I don't I don't like I don't like motors on kayaks. I don't feel like that is kayak fishing. Like that just doesn't yeah. in, in my head it doesn't make sense. I think you open the door up to to Johnny boats and to actual aluminum John boats and solo skiffs and then you got all these other bullshit questions to deal with. I mean, if you just keep it human powered, then I feel like that really takes takes a lot of the question mark out of it uh other than the blue sky whatever that is but uh you know i just i think keep it as pure as possible i, I truthfully i don't like running the fish finder half the time on my boat so i'll probably be the last one that you see strapping on a bunch of extra electronic crap yeah and, and tom hey I, I will back i want to back up to jeff's question one thing i did learn so far is if you it's as simple as you can get it cut out the gray so yeah. It, it, uh, it, it'll, it'll pay dividends in the long run. Yeah, and I, I'll chime in on that, that question as well from Tom, just because, you know, you guys know I'm on the Old Town team. They just came out with a new motor boat, pretty much, with the Spotlock on it. I think it's an awesome boat, but I'm not, I'm still not a proponent for motors and tournaments. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it, I like that Hobie BOS is man powered. Um, you know, that's why I have a, a pedal drive yak. But if you're going to allow them, I've got that boat too, and I'll, I'll jump in that sucker and, and you know, use it for what it's for but but i have zero problem with tournaments that don't allow them same here and, and, and i do agree certain things can be an advantage it's not always an advantage my very first tournament in a hobie was the seminole tournament and i did 12 14 14 and 15 four days pre-fishing and fishing the event manpower in, in that and um, so you know, I don't. You don't have to have one. You don't. I, I, they're convenient as heck. Pre-fishing, if you you know, and it's just kind of cool to do. You know, it's just cool to have one to just mess around with. But but as far as when it comes time for people to compete, you know, man, woman, woman, man, this, that, and the other. I I think it. You know, pedals pedals are here. I'm not going to be one of those like, oh, well, let's go all the way back to, you know, push poles and p rows, but. You know, pedals are here. Those are an intricate part of the market. I don't think it's realistic to do away with those, but I think that's – I like the line being drawn there. Yeah, but. well, that's – you know, you and AJ took the time to be on here together. You obviously, you're friends anyway, but, you know, you run these two separate series, and I think it's cool that that's kind of a divide – not a divide, but a, something that separates the two. You know, manpowered, one allows motors, but you can still have, you know, the best of both worlds if you go fish both series. Both schedules aren't big enough that you can't do both. Or at least most of both. Yeah. Yep. Tom, appreciate you calling in, man. First Alrighty call. Guys. Thanks. See you, Tom. See you guys. Appreciate it. Tom, Tom will always be our first. He will always be our first. <laughs> so, you know, there's a few more people that have gotten on since Tom called in. So, uh, you know, I know a few of you may be a little bit suspect about trying to call this line, but that's what we're here for. So please call in and we will make it work and get your question answered. I see Katie out there, the KBN live video MVP. She needs to call in. Oh, wait a minute. We got another caller. Hang on. Wait a minute. We got an Arky. Uh-oh. Pass. All right. Oh, hey, guys. Welcome uh, Kyle Long from Arkansas. Uh -oh. Mr. That's Backyard Fisherman calling in. What's up, Kyle? I actually just called to talk to Ashley. Is she there? No. She's in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell her. I'll tell her. Well, you know what? I just I, I don't really have anything to say. I just saw this and thought, you know what? I want to call in there. So yeah, man. That's it. I know you I got a question from one of these boys. All right. Gotta... Here's my question. Um Man, I should have way thought of a question before I called in here. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. Oh, that's... Hey, you better hurry. You'll crash that phone system in Arkansas more than two or three people using it at the same time. Yeah, well, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Hey, okay. So everybody's getting ready to get a big fat stimulus check. If you had a thousand dollars to spend <laughs> on nothing but kayak fishing, what would you buy tomorrow? Poison Adrenas. What's happening right a here? What? Poison Adrenas. That's what I'd spend my thousand dollars on. I don't know what you're talking. That's about. a an amazing Shimano rod. Uh, for those that don't know, Shimano 
has been putting out a lot of high-end rods and uh, that's one of their their newest series and they just added quite a few uh models to the lineup i actually before that whole thing passed got a couple couple new shimano stratics coming my way and um got a got another nrx so i've got a little bit of a rod g limits nrx i got a little bit of a rod problem uh i'll admit it um but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset about it by any means. So I, you know, I was actually said that today. I said, I'm going to invest my money at a local shop on us made, um, product. Now I obviously understand that Shimano reels aren't us made, but, but I, I, I do like those an awful lot, but, uh, the NRX, um, is, and, and I'm sure I'll find some other goodies, uh, to go, um, kayak fishing but but right now that's that's where, where i'm getting some of my stuff mm-hmm. all right right jeff, jeff what about you me yeah. i think i want to buy an autographed baker mayfield jersey what do you think you huh? know what it's worth a hell of a lot more than a thousand dollars jack yeah <laughs> what, what are you gonna do with the other 995 dollars <laughs> if it's OU centers baker mayfield jersey then now we're talking Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> no, one's, no, I don't think I don't think it costs that much for that one. No, uh, no, I don't know, man. I don't. I probably just uh, bank it right now. Uh, that's another question we could have for you guys. I mean, you guys, anybody out there struggling with this this shutdown? It, you know, Kyle asked about Ashley. Her her salon got shut down by the health department just because all salons are closed in Arkansas yeah, now. Terrible. Terrible. So yeah, we, we may get that check and pay the rent. So we we may do. <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. Well, boys, I just saw you guys were on, and I was out here walking around in the backyard, so I figured I might as well call in. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you. Hey, two callers. Who'd have thought it? Look at that. Look at us go. Look at us go. This is like a rate. This is like Paul Feinbaum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't wait to take a leak on it. Yeah, well, the, the line is open. I think that's what the people on the radio say. We got open lines. Please call in somebody. We got to get some more people on here. Oh, here we go. Katie Baca coming in, coming in hot. Here we go. Katie, what is up? What's Thanks up, man? Are you What's able to on? hear what me? What do you got for us? Hey, so my question is actually for AJ. I wanted to know. What made you guys choose not to have a firm cutoff time with Hobie? Come <laughs> <laughs> in with that. Okay. Um, well, so, <laughs> yeah, that's actually they something did, that they used to have a firm cutoff time. Ryan Lambert, <laughs> you want to comment on that first? <laughs> we did. You know, it, it's one of those things that we've been able to evaluate over time with the Hobie Bass Open on Kentucky Lake. We did have a, a firm cutoff time, and uh, it was one of those things where we really noticed that that really changed how anglers not necessarily were using their time on the water. It's how they were using their time on the road. Um, and it was turning in, we had people with wrecked trailers. We had, uh, people that, that should have get, been caught speeding. We had all sorts of, um, you know, things and it just, it was an extra stress, um, for the director, you know, getting those phone calls. Um, but also for, um, you know, the anglers and, and that's one of the things that we wanted to eliminate, um, when we, we kind of restructured our, our settings going into the first year of the BOS is that really all I need to know is that your, your fish are in, uh, by a certain time. That's really all we're doing. You've already done all the work. Um, and that was the reason we kind of solidified that as our, um, you know, our structure. And I think it, a lot of people have kind of expressed that they appreciate that. Um, and it really hasn't affected the tournament day for us. Uh, so I, I really like that we have that offering to kind of take the stress off once your fish are in. Nice. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, obviously, we don't have to go into details, but that was something that, you know, talking to a lot of different people about it and why their clubs did or didn't choose to do that. Um, most of it just had to do with safety and the fact that um, it actually makes a lot of people act like a jerk on the ramp, to be honest with you. You know, everybody just kind of wants to shove each other out of the way to get back as soon as possible, but. That was the one thing that I liked about Hobie 
how they do their style that they don't create that sort of tension. Well, I appreciate that. You you chose to bring it up and kind of, you know, just be quite honest, ambush me with it. Uh, You know, the reason we do that in bass, just flat out, Katie, is because that's what I was told to do. I've fished 250 tournaments. 247 of them have been hard check-ins, but I'll be with you in a heartbeat. The three I didn't fish were Hobie Bass Open Series, and I way better love the relaxed check-in time because we had an issue about three years ago in our state championship here in Tennessee, which is a hard check-in time, hard check-in time. And we were fishing Center Hill, and there's no shoulder if you've ever fished up there. And we had guys running in ditches. We had guys pulling over in and out of traffic, trying to upload their fish as they drove and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm in agreement. The lax check-in time is great. I think it's something that I hope gets implemented down the road. Uh, but the reason we chose that is because that's what was was set up in the parameters and what I was told to do. So, is it, Steve, do you think that that came from uh... – it sounds like, I mean, that's a pretty standard thing in bass boat events. you got to be back by a certain time. That's why you see guys load yeah. up and haul back to the ramp. Uh, yeah. I bet that and, was. And that right there, John Stewart's always said, uh, make me understand it, meaning make me understand your kayaker's mentality and how y'all do things. And, and, and he's okay with that because everything we've went to him and shown with good, good, uh, good intentions that this is why we do it, He's been willing to be like, okay, guys, we'll try that because they're not used to it. It is branded for them as well. Um, they they know how to put on a tournament as well as anyone ever will. But as far as how we do things, it's all new to them as well. And you know, he again, he canceled the dinner he was supposed to have Friday night because he enjoyed how we all carried ourselves in our meetings and everything. So it was it was real. It was an enjoyable experience for them all as well. And hopefully, hopefully. Um, we can implement the same kind of check-in because I, 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 feel, I feel like like what AJ just said. Your fish are in, that's it. Now, if you show up to an event and you say, hey, I didn't have good self-service, but check-in is supposedly four and it's six o'clock, you're just, you know, that's just not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I that's really that more when... of why I was... I was just going to say, that's really more of why I was asking AJ what made them come to the decision to do that in the first place, because obviously Bass is just coming into the game. So sometimes I think you do have to ask the hard questions to find out why certain clubs do things a certain way, because we're not bass boats. That's at the end of the day, we aren't a boat. We're a kayak and it's different how we have to operate. And unless somebody brings it up, you know, How's it ever going to change? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll give you some back history. When we were doing the time parameters, I gave us two hours after last fish submission. And he was just like, are you serious? And I was like, look, man, you know, we have to, we're looking. And I said, here's my main main thing is Katie's experience on the water for that day. If, if we can make it where she can launch and have 45 minutes to pedal to her spot because of limited ramps, or forget limited ramps. Her spot just happens to be the money spot, and that's where she wants to go. If we can let them safely launch as early as possible, let's do that. Because you know how it is when you rush and haul balls to your spot, you're a frantic mess. You need five minutes to sit there and relax for a minute, you know, before you start casting. So that's what I wanted to get was the number one thing was an angler's experience on the water. So then from there, let them fish their eight hours. We hope, we wish we could have 10 hours each event. But he was just like, I'll give you nine. I said, okay, that's great. So then I said, well, we typically add 30 minute buffer so that you get your nine hours of fishing. He said, okay, I'm all right with that. And I said, well, then you've got another hour back to your ramp, 20, 30 minutes to load up, an hour back. I said, can we maybe do, you know, lines out, fish submit, or fish submit at four, give them to six to get there, you know? And he's like, man, you're gonna be hanging out until seven or eight. I was like, well, that's what we get paid to do. You know, we get paid to hang out and finish these events. You know, these people are paying a lot of money. They deserve this. He said, well, let's let's go with an hour. Right? Let's do an hour for right now. And that's what it was given. So, but yeah, it, it, in, the, in the end, I'm with you. I want as much time as we can get. I want, I would love to have two 10 hour days if we could. I would love for a championship to be three days, you know. Um, that would be bonkers. 
Now yeah, you're talking yeah, to yeah. But yeah, but but granted, and, and sadly, but thankfully, y'all situation brought these kind of things up that maybe we will we can change this next year because it happened. Because I hope it does. Because like AJ said, you don't want people some fish driving down the road. You don't want people, you know, doing what they're doing to make it back to the ramp. But then you can always throw out well, take a bigger responsibility. Because back in the old days, you did have to leave your spot an hour. You had to waste an hour of fishing because that was your spot if you're fishing your local club. But now that we're, you know, everybody's got the big boy pants on in these arenas now that we're professionals, so to speak, I think those kind of buffers should be allowed. And now that John sees that, because see, he had to learn us as well. He had no idea how we can run events or not. I think so far myself and Patrick have shown him that. Um, they'll trust us now to where we can do that. So hopefully here in Dayton, you know, we'll be able to, to handle whatever we can. Um, I don't look for it to change immediately because he doesn't like that. He said, well, if we change it now, then the people got dinged in the past. You know, they, and I like, well, to an extent, I think they would appreciate it. You know, hey, this all didn't go for naught. Now there's a, 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 a good change implemented. I think it would be appreciated and lauded, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that like with our series, you know, we aren't all leaving from the same spot at the same time in the morning. And I think that matters. Um, that's kind of where the time comes in in your traditional bass tournaments is everyone's launching out in in flights or together or just one boat after another. And, you know, for us, we've got people staying all over the place, fishing all over the place. And then, you know, you don't want factors of road construction or a road being closed or a check stop or, uh, you know, a crash or any of those things to take away from what you just did for the last nine or 10 hours. Um, and then at the same time, we're catch photo release. So we're not concerned about, um, you know, fish health or, or weighing fish or getting through a, a weigh in in a certain period of time. And once you take those factors out, then it really, you know, opens up a lot of unique opportunities for us to, you know, have different rules within the end of day structure. Yeah, it's very cool. You know, one of the reasons we changed it locally here in Arkansas was we had some guys blow out some tires on a trailer. They were fishing together and they couldn't get back and we had to DQ them. And it, it just felt kind of. You know, I don't yeah. know. It felt kind of dirty we to have to do that to him. His drive get broke in the middle of a thunderstorm, and he had to get towed back by a boat. But yeah. DQ, you know, it sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey, you know what? As we were talking about earlier, is stuff we learned from and move on, and I understand that was the rule for bass. Now, Katie, we appreciate your question. Steve, we appreciate that that answer, man, and, and AJ as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for answering it. Yes, yeah, ma'am. Appreciate you, Katie. Time. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. Anybody else out there? We got another the line is open. Call in before we uh, wrap this thing up tonight. We've been, we've been on here about 45 minutes, y'all. Been going pretty good. Don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh-oh, uh-oh. We got a, we got a serious caller. Uh, uh -oh, I feel in. like I can, I can hear a phone ringing in the other room. This is nervous yeah, yeah. times. <laughs> Some girl holding, holding a big bass down in Florida. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello no. hello right. i think we have christine fisher on the line christine what is up hi guys Woo! Oh. question we're waiting anxiously okay wait okay. so <laughs> so no. we kind of like i think a lot of people are kind of wondering this um from both you know bass and um the hobie boss open series as kayak anglers and and a lot of us so there's a lot of people trying to make a living at this thing now um and we've kind of seen you know kbf had made that attempt the flw super high entry fee um, do you guys steve and aj foresee anything within your series of like a potential um you know big money you know 500 entry fee in the future or a, like a like a series like that do you think that the sports ready for it um did it just would it just take the right entity to make that push um or what do y'all think about that yeah i'll um i think actually i don't know from bass 
Um, now, I mean, I haven't said that they may go up on the entry fee for the national championship so that it's a ginormous payout. Um, but as far as another series of some sort, um, there's an interest there. And I was approached by a company that you guys will be brought in, I'm sure, soon, sooner than later. Uh, Ryan and I have to uh, to put on some big money events, uh, hopefully next season, uh, which basically just puts a, a damn nail in me fishing anything. But uh, with Bass, Bassmaster Classic, the Bassmaster Southeast, we're trying to build Tennessee Bass Nation and then maybe two or three of these other ones, uh, the high dollar ones. Yeah, it's there. Um, sponsor dollars behind it, uh, guaranteed payout, the whole nine yards. Um, you know, obviously – We'll all communicate for the, the best payout structure that, that can be built. Um, but it'll be brand new for them, uh, and it'll be very beneficial for kayakers. Uh, I'll let AJ speak for Hobie, obviously. But. Yeah, I think that um, that's the obviously part of the goal in this whole thing is to, to see where we can take it. Uh, you know, before last season, there wasn't – even a, a single tournament series that had, you know, $200 buy-ins. And now there's, there's multiple, um, or at least two. And then there's also the opportunities that, you know, we can have from this year looking at our numbers at this certain buy-in and where does that go? Now, does jumping up to 500, I mean, is that really going to like help someone make a living in this thing? I mean, Maybe, maybe not. I don't think that anybody trying to fish professionally thinks that they could make a living on $500 tournaments and what the payout on, on that's going to be. So I think we're, goes back to kind of what I said earlier is like, we're still really far from where this is going, but I do believe that that's one of the next steps. And it's not just having one event that costs X amount. It's having a sustained series that costs X amount and really having a, a group of anglers that can sustain the season or at least those series of events at that level as well. And it's just going to be a feeling out process. I mean, last year was the first year that there were entities over $200 for the season. You had the Hobie BOS and we had two total tournaments that were over a hundred out of four opportunities. And then we, you had the, the pro series that I don't know, I don't really know their numbers, but I think they were in that 50 range or so um, last year. You know, I know that was a little bit different structure, but the numbers really weren't there last year to predict where the numbers were this year, except for just angler feedback and just belief in the growth. And so now here we are having over 100 anglers for these $230, $250 buy-ins some amazing numbers. I mean, some of the strongest kayak fishing numbers that you, we could have even imagined if we were sitting here talking about it last year. And now our minds are all kind of working. It's like, okay, this community sustained this. This is now here. We can operate at this level. And now we're trying to figure out where that next level is and what that looks like um, for, for, for overall competition. And so that's, I agree. I mean, I think that that is something that we should and could do. Um, I don't know if Hobie will be the series to do it. We're kind of in our planning for 2021 now and just trying to get some ideas together. And, and it'll be interesting to see where we land in our kind of niche in this whole thing, especially with uh, the other entities and the new stuff coming up. So um, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. Maybe one of these days I will uh, get to fish again, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun getting to, to help really kind of pave the path and, and, and be, be a part of, of working with Steve and Ryan and, and Jeff and all these guys that are behind the scenes or even in the front making things happen to make sure that there's opportunities for people like you, Christine, and, and some of our, our, all of our friends that are out here trying to do this um, full-time and, and, and really creating opportunities for anglers in our sport. Yeah, and Christine, we actually were putting on an event this weekend to be a surprise tournament for you, but uh, I don't <laughs> think you're going to make it. So, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I'm hey. to you. 
Uh, Let me pile on to that with something, uh, you know, specifically to AJ and Steve. You guys talk about, you know, not being able to fish because you're busy. Something we need to talk about going forward is these tournament directors need to be well taken care of from a financial perspective. I mean, these these things are getting bigger and bigger. And, uh, you know, the anglers, I know most of them are okay with it, but, you know, 100% payback is awesome. But whether it's the company paying them or part of the entry fees or whatever, these these TDs, these elite TDs like you guys need to be taken care of. Absolutely. Uh, not just Steve and I, 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 I mean, thank you for that. I mean, but you sat in that seat yeah, too, Jeff. That. I mean, you, you understand um, the work that goes into the grassroots levels. I mean, that's a year round part-time deal. Like you're cultivating sponsorship deals, you're running events, you're working to promote the events. There's so much that tournament directors do and the grassroots tournament directors are so important to this sport continuing to grow. And those guys do not get, um, I mean, they get, they get, they get it tough. I mean, I was in that role, but I had an amazing group of guys, the, the bluegrass kayak anglers in Kentucky. I, I miss directing and fishing with those guys, but it's really tough to be in that role. And a lot of times there's, just as much pressure, just as much scrutiny, uh, just as much frustration, except it's not somebody you don't know. It's your neighbor. It's somebody that you fish with on a regular basis. And so um, tournament directors in general, just a big thank you to everybody that is driving this thing. I mean, it is so important that you guys stay motivated, bring people in to help you um, and, and keep, just keep that drive because that is what's so important in the growth of kayak fishing is, is the grassroots and the directors that are, are really getting behind it. Yeah. And you, you kind of, you know, yeah. AJ kind of prophesied it last year to me and, and everything he said has happened. And obviously he's been in this for a while, but you know, the local stuff is great. It's where you learn. It's where you, you know, your heart is and, Obviously, with TVKA, Ryan getting it going and me coming in after the year one from, you know, Brandon doing what he could for the year. Um, you know, but there, eventually Ryan and I will have to do like you and Jay, and we'll have to hand TVKA over to the next two guys to to continue building it while we build these other things, you know. And yep. that sucks. I mean, it just does. It. it uh, I don't like it. I don't like that, you know, we have to do certain things, but – you know, AJ, you said it. You said, you know, somebody has to do it so that we can build this so that it's there for everybody. And, and you know, thankfully, we've been entrusted to do it. And, and we've got the uh, the friendships and the networking, and uh, which a lot of that came from. You know, you were talking about compensation. You know, you don't get paid at your grassroots. But what the benefit there is is reaching out to these sponsors so you can get, you know, a power pole or something for your angler of the year. You get to know Jeff Little and, and Isaac Payne and all these other people, you know, and, and it pays dividends down the road there. So it's not thankless, even though it looks like it. But, you know, um, as you obviously, you know, a contractor with Hobie, you get compensated. And, you know, I'm basically contracting with Tony X and Dwayne. You know, he takes care of us on what we do for bass because he gets paid from bass. So, um but then going forward, I guess, if we build something new, you know, that's our job to scratch out what living we can make out of it there. Um, and so far, they've been receptive to it. They understand, you know, they can't do it. So we're the ones calling them to do it. So we'll get paid to do it. So I see Steve as the, the kayak fishing Dave Mercer. That's what I see. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I see him more as the kayak fishing Roy D. Mercer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, I love it. I'll take it. The bootleg D Mercer. The bootleg D Yes. Yes. But to to yeah, circle back to Christine's original question, I see I see a, a, a spot for these, you know, higher entry fee tournaments. I think starting out it's gonna have to be something like like a championship, you know, one of these higher level events that, that has real cash sponsors that are putting up some serious dollars. I think that's how you can justify that high of a buy-in. 
Uh, if you're going to do a series with it, it's going to have to get to the level to where kayak anglers, a majority of kayak anglers, have the ability to sustain a life where they can travel and have their entry fees paid by sponsors. If you start getting up into $500, $1,000 entry fee series, I think you're going to have to see a much larger support scale uh, for these anglers on the road, or or I don't think it'll be able to sustain itself on a on a regular trail series type scale. Right, I think it'll be really interesting. To see. And and as that stuff grows, I know a big concern with a lot of us is will our community change for what we're known for and what we're proud of. I just it'll be interesting to see over the the next you know few years. Those more eyes, newcomers coming to the sport is more money that those people to see. Yep. Yeah, there was a uh, one one of the, the arguably probably one of the biggest clubs in the country were speaking last year or two ago that they had gotten so big that they regretted it. It happened so quickly that new people came in, you know, like you just said, um, and they weren't in it for the same reasons that we were all in it. And it uh, it made it a struggle, and it made it where the trail wasn't fun for a while. So they did some restructuring and got it back to, uh, thankfully, what they had started with, they think. so. Uh, but you're right. How, how do we continue to hold on to, you know, what, what we all get? You know, like we all get to see one another between the five of us on this call right now. Four of us get to meet up throughout the year. Hardly ever, every five. I just got to meet Jeff finally this past Bassmaster. But, you know, I'm sitting here drinking a beer in the living room, looking at my pilot light like we're around a campfire right now, you know. We get to do that <laughs> all year long, you know. I mean, <laughs> we get to do that. And that's that's how these brainstorming tabletop sessions come about and all these new ideas and, and let me tell you about this or you need to meet this person. And that's how that stuff happens organically. How do we keep that happening when this is on the verge of, you know, moving forward to the, the chamber and boardroom design phase, you know, how do we keep that? I, I think a lot of that is, is going to kind of rest on our shoulders, kind of, you know, in, in an open communication format, like you just described, like, I think there's, there's some driving forces in the sport that we all kind of work together and, and help each other out and, make the moves behind the scenes. And I, I mean, I think, I think the, those guys have to stick together and, you know, no matter what entity you're with, I think you got to have each other's back and kind of keep your eye on the prize. But I mean, I think there's more than enough room for several tiers of tournaments uh, going in this sport. I think just kind of keeping the anglers first and putting your friends in front of you is what's going to, what's going to keep it moving in the right direction. Yeah. And it'll trickle down to the anglers at each event, making certain that they're still welcoming to somebody they don't recognize and things like that. And and that's I've seen AJ and Kevin do it. And, you know, I did it at Bassmaster, obviously, you know, people I'd never spoken to. And, and, and to come to find out, you know, Yolanda Adams is an amazing basketball player from Alabama. My dad and I used to watch back in the day. I met her brother from Louisiana. He was an angler uh, at the Bassmaster Classic thing. And I got to sit there and talk to him for 30 minutes about stuff that, you know, I had watched growing up with my dad, you know, and, and he's dead now, so I don't get to relive those things. But I did that day with that man, and I just spoke to him on a whim, you know. So That's awesome. It was pretty awesome, yeah. Christine, thanks for calling in. She got off the line. So there is an open line. We're about to wrap this thing up pretty soon. We're going on an hour. Uh, it's been an awesome night, y'all. It's been uh, some yeah, good I'm calls, getting that good conversation. Yeah, if, if – if she don't get to see me, if she loses sight of me throughout the house, she starts freaking out. So, oh yeah. <laughs> Anybody else want to get a quick call in? We'll hang on for just a minute more. But uh, yeah, for night one, I think it went pretty good. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, this is fun. Think, yes, man? sir. You you proved me wrong, Jeff. You got hey, that Arkansas internet. I got the duct tape out, and we got that stuff held together for one night at least. Good job. Thanks, man. All right. Phone's not ringing. Uh, anybody else got anything before we go? Everybody staying safe out there? And if uh, if you guys are, are seeing, so um, Steve Fields is is the reason um, the Hobie Worlds is is where it's at. And, and he's back stateside with Hobie Cat. And he's been kind of commenting on these things under an alias of a bunch of 
numbers and letters, but he's, <laughs> he's knows, um, a lot about kayak fishing and has operated kayak fishing competitively, um, all across the world, but really specifically in Australia. And those guys just, I've always really enjoyed watching, um, uh, those guys uh, out there, I mean, they have a different structure. They do weigh tournaments with their uh, species that they target. And so it's really, really unique. Um, but he brings a lot of uh, insight to the game. So I've been kind of following his uh, comments, and, and, and he's going to be uh, communicating. Him and I are communicating on some ideas to, to continue to evolve and, and, and look at things that work for him in another country as they really uh, work to grow their um, you know, kayak scene in Australia too. So this isn't just, you know, we, we see it affecting us in our tournaments, but there's people in all over the world that are doing kayak tournaments, doing them differently, have their own set of challenges, um, that they have to do for their species and style of fishing. And I just think it's awesome that people want to work together so much to, to get this thing to another level for the sport um, and whatever that means, you know, we don't know what that really means uh, yet, but it's exciting to know that we're all working together for, for this thing to, to really um, get to where we want it to go. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Steve, you got anything else for us, Ryan? I'm good, man. Good show. Right, man. Everybody yeah, uh, stay safe. Yeah, thanks, Steve. We appreciate you guys. Uh, this was uh, fun, fun little experiment. I think it went okay. So, uh, if no one else has anything. Looks like uh, we're gonna wrap this thing up. So, KBN Radio episode one in the books. We gone. Thank you, guys. Thanks, thanks Steve. Steve. Thanks, Ryan. See y'all. Mm, the jams. <laughs> <laughs>